Today is a very great solemnity. We take, as it were, a full stop, a full pause in the midst of our Lenten journey, and we uh, we celebrate this solemnity with, um, in all its liturgical fullness, with the proper colors and the proper collect and preface, so forth and so on. Because Saint Joseph is uh, an extraordinarily important individual in the history of salvation, the mystery of our redemption. We start with the basic theological principle that God gives grace that is uh, necessary for us to fulfill our vocation. So with whatever vocation God gives to us, He will give us the graces that we need to fulfill that vocation. Now, Our Lady's vocation was the highest vocation that a human person uh, could, has, and could ever have received, and that is to be the mother of God. And so, corresponding to that vocation, she received uh, all the graces that she would need to be a worthy mother of so uh, holy our Redeemer. And uh, this is really the source of her immaculate conception, her unique sanctity, and all the other privileges and graces that she received in her life. But second, only to Mary, is St. Joseph. St. Joseph is the second greatest saint who has ever lived simply because of his vocation. His vocation was to participate in the secret years of our Lord's life, the hidden years of his growth and maturation and preparation for his ministry. And St. Joseph was set over the house of the Holy Family. He was Mary's protector. He was Jesus's protector. God Almighty, we think about this amazing mystery, God Almighty made himself vulnerable and, and weak and put himself in the arms of a vulnerable and weak young woman. Probably she might have been only 14, 15 years old. Well, Jesus and Mary needed a protector, and that was St. Joseph's calling. That was his vocation. And so God gave him the graces to correspond to that vocation, that were appropriate to that vocation. And because of the high, the, the exaltedness of his vocation, his grace, and the graces that God gave him were, were uh, equally and correspondingly exalted. And so he is the second greatest saint, uh, apart from Our Lady. He is, uh, of all human persons, uh, besides Mary, the holiest man who has ever lived. And his holiness is seen in the silence and in the humility of his life. Uh, nowhere in the uh, gospel does he speak. We don't hear any words coming out of his mouth. And our Lord in his hidden life um, had an appropriately quiet uh, but faithful and holy foster father to guide him, to teach him uh, carpentry, 
and to teach him prayer and to teach him liturgical laws and rituals and rites of that time and to prepare him to be uh, to enter into his ministry. So Joseph is called to be the protector of the Holy Family, the house of God. And so also he is the protector of the church. He is the patron of the universal church. And we can go to him uh, with whatever need we have, and he is a special patron in our time of need. So just as he ministered to and provided for the Holy Family, so he ministers to and he provides for us the church of God. From the moment that the angel said to him, Do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your house. From that moment on, his all of his energy, all of his thoughts, all of his cares were focused completely on Mary and Jesus. And his entire life revolved around them. And that continues on to this day. His entire care and his love is focused on the body of Christ, on the church of God on us. And we can never love him as much as he loves and cares for us. But we can turn to him in our time of need and and ask him to intercede for us. Joseph uh, is also a patron that St. John Paul II teaches us that he, in a special way, is, um, I don't know if you want to call him a patron, but he is in a special way um, a saint that plays a role in the new evangelization. And uh, the new evangelization is all about going back to those people groups and those lands that historically have been Christianized and have been the bearers of the Christian message. Talking specifically Europe and all the European people that came here to America, us. And it's about reminding them of their original vocation. Reminding them that they are Christian peoples. Waking them up from their slumber of secularism and apathy and disinterestedness. And that's what the new evangelization is, hopefully in a a gentle and and effective manner doing that. But reminding them of their baptismal vocation. It's oftentimes a great tragedy because people who have never received the gospel receive it very quickly, and they get it, and it comes to them as an amazing revelation. But to us, the European civilizations and those peoples from Europe who have come to America, uh, unfortunately, uh, familiarity breeds contempt and apathy. And, and we need a very serious reminder about who we are and what our vocation is and our special role in the history of the world since the promulgation of the gospel. And so because Joseph was so faithful to his vocation, he was uh, the, the paragon of fidelity par excellence. He now plays a special role in the new evangelization. And so we can call upon him, we can invoke his name, and he can intercede for us as we endeavor in our prayers and hopefully in our lives and in our works as well to to further the new evangelization, to wake these people up who have been Christian for so long that they don't even remember what Christianity is anymore. And to call them back 
to that original calling and to ask and to and to require them of the faithfulness and the fidelity that that God is requiring of them. And so for us as well in our personal lives, we can look to St. Joseph for the virtue of stability and dependability, constancy and fidelity. He was a rock for the Holy Family. They could depend upon him. He was constant. It wasn't, he wasn't all about the superficial flashiness or the showiness, but it was every day waking up, doing what God asked him to do in the workaday uh, requirements of, of everyday life, the mundane, seemingly prosaic, boring life. He did it. He knew the great mystery that he was participating in. And so he could uh, throw himself into his work that seemed so simple, getting water, building a house, repairing the roof, working some kind of a contract that he had to, to get some money in and to finish a particular project, whatever it was. That seemingly boring, simple task, he knew that it was all part of a profound mystery, the greatest mystery ever, the incarnation of Christ and protecting him and guarding his blessed mother and ensuring that Christ was, would, would grow up and be ready to, to become the person that, that God uh, had him to be, which is the Redeemer of the world. And so for us, we can turn to St. Joseph. And when we're feeling like we've lost our way, like we've lost a sense of God's uh, calling on our life and mystery, we can invoke him. And by God's grace, we can be awakened up. We can be uh, reminded of who we are as Christians and the greatness of a vocation. And so we ask him for that virtuous stability. I know as a priest, I know one of the greatest uh, virtues that a priest uh, can have is stability. It, you know, a priest who's really good at the pulpit and he, he makes a good impression and maybe he's got good people skills and things like that, it doesn't count for much if he's not stable in his vocation and he's a flash in the pan and after three years he leaves the priesthood or he goes off and he does something stupid, okay, which, which disenables him from being a priest. It, it doesn't, it's not, none of the flashy stuff matters. What matters is stability and constancy. But that's true for all of our vocations. How difficult is it to be a husband? How difficult is it to be uh, a wife, a mother, a father? All of our lives' vocations require that, that virtue of stability and constancy. And so, with confidence, we can turn to our patron, St. Joseph, and we can uh, ask him to obtain for us that, that great virtue.